But I had Charles Barkley come up to me and he, and he had to look around first. <laughs> like he was doing a drug deal. Like, seriously. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, hey, for real, you're doing the damn thing, man. <laughs> I was like. This concept's with pivot. You understand just how we living. This for me is like rap religion. Open on because we got this Skype. When it comes to this, y'all, I can get it hype. When it comes to this, y'all, calm has risen. How you living, huh? Yo, how you living, pivot? When I thought about doing a podcast, the first person that I thought of was Jamie Foxx because we became friends. We, we worked together, did movies together, and I've always been a fan. I remember going to the star when he got a star on the Walk of Fame and they ran out of icons because they'd never had a dude that was like actor, producer, singer, songwriter, stand-up comic, and it just kind of kept going around and around. Um, and he's one of these incredibly humble guys that's also, he's a superstar, but he's also someone that is very generous with his time, funny, and a great hang. And so I'm very, very lucky to have him. So here's Jamie Foxx. There was a story that came out on me years ago, and this is when stories were the fucking national inquiry, you know, it was like a story. Yeah. And it was a situation where this girl that I had met, I guess the, whatever we went, whatever our date was, you know, it was a a night out or whatever. You know, I'm young. I get a call from her. And she's, you know, a, a little, a, a little, a little weird on the phone. And I was like, hey, man, it'd be strange and shit, you know? Yeah. Why are you acting, you know, weird? So anyway, that goes by. And then like six weeks later, I get a call. Uh, from uh, uh, my manager, and they always hit you with this: "Are you by yourself?" Shit, that's the worst thing to hear. Are you by yourself? Yeah. I said, "No, I'm on the free. I'm on the four or five. Everybody's yeah. watching." Yeah. And uh, um, basically, she says that this 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 news entity is going to run a story on you. I said, like, "What is it? Did you meet somebody in Florida?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Met, met a girl. Uh, no, it, they didn't say it was a girl. What?" <laughs> basically they said the okay. same situation that happened with the girl the media switched it and made it appear that it was a guy okay so the headline was jamie fox makes fan his gay sex toy and so i'm like what and i'm on the road right i'm on like i'm on the road and I, I you know it's it's a publication that lasts for like seven days or whatever so i read it and i said no we could sue him we could sue him we could sue him. It wasn't a dude, it was a girl. They said, well, read it. And it says, from the person's perspective, I am a macho plumber. Okay. I met Mr. Fox in Miami. We went out for drinks. Uh, he had a pink, he drank a pink Cadillac. Mm. I had Hennessy in. Very specific. Yeah, right? Yeah. But the way they worded it was, like I said, oh, they said it was a macho plumber. They said, yeah, but macho is not a gender or a sex. Right. It's an adjective. Right. A plumber can be male, female. So the way they worded that shit, I couldn't get in. I'm in St. Louis. I thought everybody knew. It was mm -hmm. like a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I could just hold on to the weekend, I'll be good. 
So I'm doing my jokes. I'm a little apprehensive, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking motherfuckers know. But they black. Like, yeah, they don't know this type of shit. You know, they don't read these types of magazines or, mm-hmm. or Globe or whatever like that. Unless yeah. that shit come out in Jet Magazine. This is back in the day. Motherfuckers right. ain't hearing that shit. Right. So I, who, I get past that. Then Wednesday, I'm cool. And then Thursday, I get a call from the comedians. Yo, nigga, what's up? I said, what's up? Yo, they got you, fam. <laughs> what? Yo, they got a picture of you. And the picture that they ran is a... You know, from being funny, I had a picture in these slightly look G-string slightly looking with a uh-huh. bunny rabbit on the front. Right. That that a girl got me for a, a gag gift in Easter. She took a picture of it, and there I am with a fucking rock glass and fucking, you know, that's the picture that they run. Of course. So now I have to come to L.A. to perform. Friday, everybody knows me. But this is how you work it back into, we still comics. Mm-hmm. Shit's gonna happen to us. Mm-hmm. They called me and said, come down to the Comedy Act Theater. I sat in the back of the room and every comedian took the magazine and went up and did like 10, 15 minutes on me. And then I went up at the end and then roasted all these motherfuckers. I said, y'all ain't even y'all ain't even famous enough to get this type of shit. You, whatever. <laughs> I said, you suck one dick, right. and all of a sudden I'm, a, you know, whatever right. it was. Yeah. But what I learned was no matter what happens to us, we grind it, we taste it. It may taste bad. You put it into your engine and you turn it into fuel. Yeah. You know because you know if you live in the right way. Uh, and you stand your ground because it's both of it. Because you know people do try to control narratives. Um, you know things eventually work out. You know it's just it's just it's like flying out of Las Vegas for crosswinds or wherever. You know you're gonna go through all that turbulence, which is tough because you start to worry. It's not just about you now. <clears throat> your family. Well, my kids. What are they gonna think? Um, does the story affect the Jamie Foxx performing art center in Texas that you worked so hard to get? Does it affect your girl who's in the air flying, who doesn't know the stories out yet about the land? So those are the things that that really hurt your gut. But I always try to say like, yo, it's it's a it's it's perception, and and a lot of times what what people are are trying to do is just change the perception of you. And and I think the tools of social media or media in itself are now geared up for that. It's interesting because I I know I have nothing to hide. Yeah. And so I'm living in my truth. And every time I step on stage, this is me, this is who I am. I I I'm I'm just raw yeah. out there. I, I you know and and people can feel that. It's yeah. palpable. They can sense yeah, yeah. it. So all I've been doing is continuing this momentum of just yeah. every single door closed for me. And you know yeah. this. Everything yeah. closed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I've been on stage since I was eight years old as an actor. So this is my entire life. Right. And they go, no, you're done. It's a wrap. And if you don't have faith and you don't know who you are and you and you yeah. don't you haven't worked on yourself and you yeah. haven't gone inward. So that's why comedy to me has been a savior. Because yeah. I can just go and speak my truth and have a blast and connect with them. And by the way, it's it's a place where they they exist in reality. If you bring people in, yeah. you're good. You yeah. make them laugh from beginning to end, yeah. everybody wins. Right, right, right. Right? So it's not a industry based in fear 
and theorizing about well, what people are going to yeah. want to see or not. And that's what's so beautiful about yeah. it. I'm just Be- loving because, it. Because you're right, because you got to understand this. And then even, the, the, even, even how they're putting comedians under siege. Fuck that. We funny. We don't, we don't, whatever movement it is, it is the comedian's supposed to be there to talk about who, what the people had on in the, in the movement. We, we dare to clown and joke and have a good time when, it, when, when what happens even with comedians and they lay everything on us is because they're scared. They're bullshit. They're really afraid to go with the people who really are built that way. They're afraid to go with the people who really are trying to bring the world demise and evil and everything like we're easier. You know, we're easier targets. No, you, do you really want to go at these motherfuckers? It's really like saying the whole world and making the whole world fucked up. No, let's go kill the comedian, which is which is part of my new stand up that I'm coming out with where, you know, I, I'm not po- apologizing for any joke because I tell any person, <clears throat> if you can't laugh at yourself or if we can't make a joke about you, then you're not allowed to laugh at any joke and laugh at anybody else who's being joked about. Because look, every time, I tell you this all the time, I say, when is the joke is funniest? When is the joke is funniest? When it's the truth. When it's not about you. When you're like, oh yeah, man. Oh, right, right. Yeah, man, oh man. Everything's funny till it happens Man, them Asians do be acting like that. Yeah. Yeah, man, them gays be doing that. The black, oh shit, black, hell no, grow your afro out no, motherfucker. Yeah. It's part of the narrative of jokes. Right. And if you kill the comedian, you kill the spark. If you kill the artist, you kill the spark. The reason we came out here is to tell stories that wouldn't be told in our cinema. You go up on stage and say what's going on with you in the most horrific situation. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. You yeah. snuff that out. You're left with some dumbasses. You're left with some people that are really, really evil. So now when I go out and do my stand-up, I do it even more flat-footed. I was in a um, I was at Eddie Murphy's house. We were supposed to do this thing for Netflix. And everybody goes there. And I walk in and I didn't know who all was gonna be there, but it was Chappelle, Chris Rock, Ellen DeGeneres, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, every fucking comedian, Steve Martin. Eddie pulls a big boy move, like, I can't make it over there, but if y'all want to come to my crib, y'all could come over here. And we were like, what? We get a chance to come to Eddie's crib? So yeah. there's 30 motherfuckers on his way to his crib. And I'm yeah. thinking Eddie must be standing on his balcony with a robe on, just naked with his fucking VHS tape, <laughs> ready to throw him out to his, suckle this, you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. this motherfucker. So yeah. we get to Eddie's crib, and you really felt like, an, an energy like yo we got to tell these jokes even eddie i was like eddie you gotta get out there man we all of us got to tell jokes bro but you know at, at the same time i'm looking at eddie's house yeah and it was it was just you know it, it was to me it was too clean like you need some shit fucked up in order to stay funny yeah you know what I'm saying? because at my house like i got a couple of rooms that just ain't done right the people be like well why if i got this brown ass room it ain't no furniture and you know i yeah. just want to stay my version of staying hood and talking to Chappelle. And rock, I just knew that, yo, we got to keep doing our thing. Because Chappelle was like, damn, man, we got to keep doing our thing, man. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep us from telling jokes. Damn! <laughs> got to do our thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and it was funny because as yeah. I was talking to, uh, it was a funny thing while I was talking to Chappelle because I'm working on my uh, uh, 
uh, impersonation. Chappelle asked me what kind of shoes I got on. I said the same as yours. I said it's weird. Chappelle asked me what shoes. Damn, Jamie, what kind of shoes you got on? <laughs> Jamie has on the same type of shoes I do. Damn, boot time. <laughs> and so as I'm doing Chappelle, Chappelle mm-hmm. goes. Eddie goes, damn, motherfucker. I said, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to get out there. And then Chappelle yeah. said, damn, Jamie, that's crazy. You sound just like me. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. So going to going to sort of like this unexpected underground meeting at, Eddie, at Eddie's house. Right. We was all, man, let's sling, let's sling jokes. Yeah. Let's keep people fed as far as comedy. And all the people on the fringe, like the so-called news journalistic thing uh-huh. they're fake it's it's not real you know forget them fuck their opinions let's get out there and tell it to bring it to the people yeah. give the people what they want yeah <laughs> but also <laughs> it's, it, it's the last arena that that we're allowed to yeah. exercise our freedom of speech yeah, yeah. and if they take that away yeah. we're fucked yeah, 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 we're yeah. fucked and what's crazy is jp I, I i don't even I don't like like I tell like like here's what here's what I do with my jokes, my new jokes. I'm happy, I'm coming out fun, mm-hmm. because I don't want to stay heavy, like some of my other comedian friends. You know, they, you know, dealing with Trump or they're dealing with whatever. I say, man, oh, yeah, okay, he the president. Fuck it, move on. You know, let's get to the funny shit. I said, where y'all weed at? Where the dark liquor? All right. Yeah. Where the where the, where the, where the big booties? What this well, is my, my crowd? Like where y'all at? Like, when the last time you had fun? See, but this is what's crazy to me because believe, believe me, and I don't want to go too far into it. I've yeah. studied all of your shit, and yeah. what's really crazy about you is you were grinding so hard, you were doing your thing, you were killing it. Then you went to another arena, mm-hmm. and you surpassed any expectations. Mm-hmm. And then you're working on this incredible level. And I, I don't know, you know, you were so deep in it yeah. that stand-up was in, in your rearview mirror for 15 years. Yeah. Okay, and now you're going back into it after all that time. Yeah. Does does it? Because I've noticed when I got back on the set, it's the inverse, where I won't get back on the set as an actor and my stand-up was now informing my acting. Do you feel like all that work, I mean, you played fucking Ray. You know, you went so deep and does that, yeah. all that experience inform the stand-up in terms of performance? It, it's, it's all your story, your narrative. Yeah. Because our stand-up, the funniest part of our stand-up is gonna be the serious part. Mm-hmm. The shit that that whatever 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 belly of the beast we're in and getting thrown up in, that's gonna be the funniest shit. <clears throat> now, when it comes to the fifteen year part, that all took a you know an incredible turn. But I always remain, you know, like we always remain like funny, right? So my whole thing was like this: even when Ray came along in the Oscar, right? I didn't keep the Oscar in my house. I gave it to my management. I said, take this shit. And it was like, why? I don't want this. Uh. Uh-uh. It was a, it was, I felt weird holding it. It's a different kind of power. Yeah. Like I almost started talking in an English accent when I got, well, you know, really, of course, when we were doing all, Ray was more about the guy. I was like, get this shit out of my, that's what everybody is fucked up with. Yeah. Even when you look at some people that have won Oscars before, I won't name names. Yeah. But they, you know, it's, oh my God, I am the the best. And yeah. they started acting like people are behind them. When you ask them, because how are you? Well, I'm, um. Drinking their own Kool-Aid. Yeah, but it, it's hard not to because everybody's forcing it down your throat. Uh, you would have growled. I said, I don't want this shit. I gave it to my um to my um to my to my management. And I said, listen, 
You keep this, because I'm going back out on the stand-up thing. Don't go anywhere. How You Live in J. Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. And my first joke was about me and Oprah Winfrey dating each other in fucking Madison Square Garden. Because it, it was these rumors <laughs> that me and Oprah were sleeping with each other, right? Okay. Which I thought was hilarious. She thought it was funny too. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, I'm a comic. I got to talk about this. Right. And my man is like, you can't do that now. Because I let them hold the, the Oscar. They were like, oh, you can't do that anymore. Right. Yeah, they started speaking English. Right, I said, no, nah, right. man, I got to go and shit. So Madison Square Garden, I'm, you know, everybody is, is right after the Oscars. So everybody, I mean, especially the urban, especially the black folks is just, they so fucking happy, man. Yeah. And, and they there rooting on, so they were, they were on every level, everything I'm saying. And I said, yeah, I'm out here dating. So everybody started yelling out, who are you dating? What are you dating? Everybody yelling, I let it fester. And I said, so I'm laying in bed with Oprah. <sighs> yeah. I lean over to Gail and say, damn, this shit is crazy, huh? <laughs> Stepman, could you get us some juice, man? Yeah. Damn, we third. Yeah. People are fucking roaring. And yeah. the joke was, yeah, everybody's saying I'm with Oprah. I said, but if I would be with Oprah, she would have a new version of her favorite things. Yeah. You know how you know how Oprah has her favorite thing. <laughs> right, it right. could be. You ever yeah. watch that show? I said she'll be talking about brownies. Go be like, brownies. Yeah. Get the brownies, everybody. Brownies. You look at yeah. all this. We gotta get the brownies. I forgot the brownies. Like, brownies. She yeah. can sell anything. I said yeah. if she was a fuck me, it'd be like Jamie Dick. Get that Jamie Dick. And everybody, you go get the Jamie Dick. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, look under your seat. Under your seat. You got the Jamie <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Right. Look under your seats. Grab a Magnum condom. Jamie's gonna fuck everybody today right. that's and, the joke and it's your manager's nightmare manager's nightmare standing ovation and you know how black people respond to shit they yeah. run they took off running oh shit motherfuckers running through the aisles like right. some deaf comedy jam shit. right what's crazy is gail king is in the audience loved every minute there you go came back jamie those jokes were funny i'm gonna tell oprah you're crazy jamie fox you're so silly wow, you do a gail you're king so, that's, you're so silly that's a, jamie you really are you're a riot i really thought i'm gonna amazing. call oprah and let her know you know she's in a, she's right now she's in a bunker you know so it's but, i'm gonna take everything that fucking happens to me and take it out the, but it's so interesting you said the reaction of the black crowd because yeah. and correct me if i'm wrong there is no more honest crowd on the planet than a black crowd. Blacks and Italians. Blacks for sure, because black people. They're not going to give you a courtesy giggle. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. What you got to do with black folks, you got to stay grounded. You can't come out there with them rich ass jokes. And that's what fucked me up at one point. Just before the Oscars, I was sort of floating into in my own head thinking I was so famous after doing a living color. And it really wasn't that. I mean, I have, I started doing rich jokes in front of black people. Got that Range Rover. <laughs> oh, that axle, that big, that wide axle is a motherfucker, huh? <laughs> they looking at me like, what the fuck is this? And, and why are you I, taking a victory lap? Yeah, then I said, yeah, you know, I don't know how to chew uh, square footage in my house. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Niggas is looking at me like, what the fuck? I said, thank you, good night. And then was like, yeah. and I was like, in my mind, they going fucking crazy. Right. I come out the club, and this is before Ray. This is like maybe 2002, man. I'm not sure. I come out the club, and I learned something about never, never losing your hunger. I'm outside the club, and in the club, I hear, 
and I hear somebody, I was like, the fuck? Who is that? I just came off stage. I opened the door and it was a skinny dude with a tank top on. It was Chris Tucker. Yeah. He was hungry. Yeah. He was black. He was on ground level. Mm -hmm. He looked at me like, yeah. And then he took a sword out mm -hmm. as they were laughing and he cut all their heads off and they were still laughing at me. Grabbed me, put him in a bag, and he walked past me like, I got him. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. The next night I went up, I sucked. Sucked, sucked for like another month. And I said, fuck it. You know what I did? <clears throat> I called the military. I said, where can I go to perform for the guys? They said, you can go to Okinawa. Send me there. I need, I need to, first of all, touch them for what they do, but I got to work on my shit. So I yeah. went out there and I was working. Did some old jokes, getting back, trying to get back, right? <clears throat> And I could feel it coming back, but I had to lock back in to that which is <clears throat> real. Mm. And I had gained a little weight too. I remember that. I gained some weight. You know how everybody was wearing vests back at the time? I had a vest, but I could only like button the first two buttons right. and I just let this <laughs> hang out. And as I get yeah. to one of my jokes, I finish and I'm sort of getting my water, you know, <clears throat> getting ready to tell the next joke. A black girl yelled out, Why your belly so big? I said, Oh shit. And the whole people, and I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So the one thing about the black crowd is they're honest. Yeah. And you can't be funny. An old club owner years ago told me when I first went on stage with Robin Harris, I'm watching from the back. I'm all the 20 years old. He said, you see that motherfucker on there? I said, yeah. You see what he doing? I said, yeah, he telling jokes. He ain't telling jokes. He kicking they motherfucking ass. And as he was saying that, <laughs> A girl, his one of his uh, waitresses is walking by with a shrimp plate. He said, hey, come in. There's too many shrimp on that plate. Shit. <laughs> give all the goddamn shit. Give all my shrimp away. <laughs> it's a two-drink minimum. Yeah. Two-drink minimum. And they got to buy food here. You got to kick they motherfucking ass. And I was like, yo, that's what I live by from now on. Now, as we do get into what you say in the 15-year layoff, there is a rocky version of it where you got to go hit the meat run up the stairs you got to get outside of your surroundings and see what black folks is really like connected to so i've been able to sneak around and do that you see me i go out do my little shows on the on the mic on the uh with the, with the dj but then i throw my jokes in there you know what i'm saying so it's a um it's a process but it's it's, it's been you know it's been good man we still floating look i you know I've hung out at your house. I've I've worked with you, and the reality is you've never stopped yeah. because you're always. I won't I won't say you're always on, but there. Kinda. But but you're doing your thing, and the muscle has always remained strong. There's no rust on you. But what's fascinating to me is after having because I I tried having this conversation with you before I started stand up, and now I have a reference for stand up, yeah. and it's it's fascinating because. No matter how talented you are and you're one of the best of all time, the reality is for you to work on your highest level, you can't just throw yourself back in the game and go, I got this shit because it's a bitch. You fuck your ass up. I'm yeah. like, we hosted the BET Awards, right? And I was like, I'm going to host the BET Awards so I can get a comedy look. And we did everything the wrong way. Everything the wrong way. My, my first hunch, I should have went with my first hunch. Let everybody talk, talk me out the hunch and then we ended up falling flat. Because mm. my first hunch was, and this is right as Kanye said, 
uh, slavery was a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, Kanye's my homie. Like, that's my friend. And people wanted yeah. me to talk bad about him. I'm like, yo, that's my homie. All the news people call and say, that's the homie. I don't give a fuck what he say. That's my friend. I don't care. Yeah. But there was a joke in there. Because I'm hosting the BET Awards. My first joke was, hi, welcome to the BET Awards. Or as Kanye would say, the Slave Choice Awards. That was my first hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody talked me out. Yeah. And then we ended up doing something more noble. We're like, let's... Mm-hmm. Which was you, great. We, you would have broken the yeah, ice. Yeah, we 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 were no, but we were like we were so off, and I'm like, damn. And that's the one thing that you have to be prepared is that if your hunch is off, now how do you respond? When motherfuckers like, yo, this motherfucker is sucking right now. You gotta mm-hmm. like so things like that keep you competitive, keep you digging for what it is. When I talk to Eddie, I could see like Eddie like going like, you think I should motherfucker? Let's. The only way we gonna swim is to dive in that motherfucker. It's like diving in a cold pool. It's gonna be fucking, oh shit. And then you eventually get your shit back, but you can't. When I look at some of the young comedians now, I watch comedians just going to the stage. And I say, do I have that? Do I still got that? Mm-hmm. I watch Michael Blackson just going to the stage. The motherfucker's like, he in his bag. Um, so <clears throat> it will be a process, but the one thing that I the one thing that I know is my execution on every level right now. The same with yours. Like Jeremy, I got to tell you this: when we work together, man, and 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 you talk about being on. I don't think there's, and Robert Downey Jr. will, will attest to this. I don't think there's too many people that can flex a muscle like you. Hmm. I don't think there's people that can flex a muscle dancing, acting, comedy drama, you have a thing. There's there's certain people that have a thing. Every mm-hmm. time I've seen you in every single set, and when I say pivot them, and I'll be like, yeah. that, that motherfucker right there is different. Yeah. So when you talk about you doing a stand-up, this is great for us to talk now after you've shown the world that I can do all this shit. And I think that's what makes people love you mm-hmm. and it also makes this city as I told you as we sitting in here mm-hmm. kind of envious because motherfuckers can't do that name a person that could do what you do Yeah. how many Jeremy Pippins are there Right. and then when you know like this you know how your shit is different <clears throat> by the way fans approach you when a fan approach you they go oh and you get got. I know this sounds weird. When girls approaches, that's always great. Mm-hmm. But when a guy approaches you, hey yeah. motherfucker, go my man. Yeah. It's a whole. Am I right? Yeah. You know what's interesting is, is that you tell me what you think, but it there seems to it seems to be a little bit taboo when a brother gives, shows a white dude love, and at one time. Bear with yeah. me for one second. Yeah. You've never had this. But I had Charles Barkley come up to me and he, and he had to look around first. <laughs> like he was doing a drug deal. Like, <laughs> seriously. And he goes, hey, man. He goes, hey, for real. You're doing your damn thing, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, and then he had to look around again. Yeah. Like he's getting ready to pass me some shit. Hey, you do your damn thing. I said, thanks, man. Thank you. And, and, and it meant the most to me because I grew up being one of the only white boys. So I know yeah. I know the community and I know things will not be said. 
unless yeah. they mean it. Yeah, They're not yeah, going to talk yeah. shit yeah. as a means to an end to get yeah. them somewhere or whatever. It's got to be real. Not even close. So here's, I have a, I, I, do you remember the first time you saw a comedian and thought, I think I have a chance of doing this? Or, or you just went, damn, that shit's really funny? Or do you? I was a kid. This is another uh, David Brenner. Really? I knew that you were going to say David that. David Letterman. Okay. Franklin Ajay. Steve Allen. Okay. Uh, uh, Stephen Wright. Really? So wow. when I was growing up as a kid, like watching TV like constantly, wow. Johnny Carson was my window to everything. Wow. So to watch these comedians, I would go like, damn. And I would take jokes from the Johnny Carson show and tell them at my third grade class. There was one, there was a Rich Little. So that was the first time you got a laugh, was using someone else's material and going up. And do you remember that first feeling of like, oh shit. Oh man, always always funny. Always been funny. Since, since, I mean, preschool. Always been funny. My grandma, boy, that boy, boy, you either gonna uh, make it or you gonna be uh, somewhere dead talking all that (laughs) shit. Yeah. But I was always talking shit. But when I saw it put together, when I saw Stephen Wright go, um, today I was, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> I said, what the fuck kind of mind yeah. is that? Yeah. When I saw Franklin Najai, or when I saw Steve Allen tell jokes from the piano, yeah, or, or, or Victor Borga. Wow. Who was playing classical piano and yeah. you know the vaudeville of it all, <clears throat> or Sammy Davis Jr. You know, hmm. uh, uh, on his on his. On his what about Richard his, Pryor? Richard, and that's what I was getting to. Yeah, and then came Richard Pryor, who's the most honest. Yeah. Richard Pryor talked about. I, he said, "I had." This guy, Bert Sugarman, come to my house to do a movie. But I had these two little monkeys. <laughs> and every time I opened the cage, the monkeys run on my arm yeah. and stick a dick in stick yeah. stick his dick in my ear. Right. So I was trying to tell Bert, hey, don't open the cage. Yeah. <laughs> and he opens the cage. Hey, Rich, these are some nice monkeys. And the monkey ran up his ear, ran up his arm, and stuck his dick in there and started yeah. fucking his head. And he yeah. said, and so he pulls it out of his ear and said, uh, pretty funny, Rich. Won't be doing any movies with us. That's for goddamn sure. And I said, who is this motherfucking yeah. black man talking this shit? And then... But he went through a process. Yeah, he went through a process. But he was thin. And it was George Carlin, mm-hmm. who was the white version of, of of Richard. Then it was Lenny Bruce, who, got all, who they got all their shit from. Right. And I said, that's it. The honesty of it. If I can be that. And I don't think I've been that yet. I don't think I've been honest... And I think my next stand-up is the one where I go truly open up. But watching them, man, to get the honesty, but then watching people like, like I said, Steve Allen, David Brenner for the for the entertainment value of it, Robin Williams, those people who were using their physical comedy. And then the, to flash forward, my life is crazy. I call myself the Black Forest Gump. To flash <laughs> forward, and there I am yeah. on set with Robin Williams. I'm just a fucking extra and to watch him do 15 takes and do it 15 different times. Yeah. 15 different ways. Yeah. And every single one of them was brilliant. And you have that as well, where you can go boom, 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 boom. And so all of those things, man, 
is what triggered me to stand up in front of that third grade class, take the joke that Rich Little said of, because this is, that's just my fifth grade. Because it was uh, 1976 and uh, President Carter mm-hmm. was president and Rich Little did a joke about you light up my life. Jimmy Carter singing You Light Up My Life. Yeah. But, he, you know, he had his brother Billy who was an alcoholic. Right. So it was like, so many nights, me and my brother Billy would sit by the window waiting for somebody to bring some peanuts and beer. <laughs> and, you know, and so it was just... <laughs> I've always had the bug, man. So, yeah. and, and those were the, you know, the beginnings. Don't go anywhere. How you live in J. Piven will be right back after we pay some bills. It's interesting because I went back recently, looked at some of your, some of your old stand-up, and the commitment, the physicality, mm-hmm. all that crazy shit, the stuff in Africa about lions mm-hmm. having sex and that mm-hmm. funny ass shit. Mm-hmm. Is there, I'm looking at you going, I bet he didn't adhere to anyone's rules in that community. It looked like you were making it your own. And what I'm experiencing is, you know, first of all, I make sure that no matter, I'm headlining everywhere and I always get a guy to feature and, 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 and warm up the crowd, whatever. Every one of these dudes, has done it 20 times longer than me. You know, they're, they're, they're veterans for decades. And so I let them know from the jump, I'm a rookie, I'm here to learn. If you have any notes, and I'm headlining. Yeah. And it's sold out, and I'm, and I'm yeah. honored to be there. And I wanna learn as fast as I fucking yeah. can, right? And they see that I respect this yeah. space, right? Yeah. Okay, now, the reality is they still are very convic- uh they're very protective of their community. Have to be. Yes. So, but they have this idea that unless you've done X amount of years, you're not a real comic. Did you ever sense that, pe- I had that. that, that people were saying to you, listen, man, yeah. how many years have you oh, been doing yeah, yeah. it? I, oh, of course. The first time I got to LA, bro, I didn't know nobody. Everybody else had clicks, you know? Yeah. And I did music in my, in my, in my, in my jokes all the time. I remember, <clears throat> like I would take songs and, like uh, and, and and take hip hop songs and make them, uh, uh, like uh, a classical, like right. like uh, gin and juice. Right. Like I was saying, what if what if Snoop, <clears throat> what if Snoop was like Pavarotti, rolling down the street, smoking Mendo, <laughs> sipping on gin and juice, the juice, the juice, with my mind on my money and my money on my mind, biatch, biatch. See. That's you. See, so, but here's but the that's, thing. that's that's your Hamilton. That's do you know what I mean? That's why you are you, and no one can do that shit. And they're gonna say to you, "But well, hold on, that doesn't adhere to the same rules." They that- said I was cheating. Yeah. So I, that's I, not stand up. I, I remember. I remember this. I'm walking up to the club, and it was D.L. Hughley, uh, Buddy Lewis, and some other comedians. And D.L. Hughley, obviously, man, one of the he's greatest. He's a beast. He's a beast. I yeah. love this guy. And they go. They're like, I'm young, you know. You cheating, motherfucker. I said, huh? And I'm like, hey, you know me. I'm like, even my voice was high. Hey, DL. Hey, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> hey, my. And, and buddy goes, say, man, that bullshit you doing with all that singing and shit, man, that shit is cheating, motherfucker. I said, what you mean? And then somebody off to the side, another comedian, like, yo, man, they don't think that you, you're a real comedian when you're doing the vibe bill, the comedy shit. I dig the shit, but motherfuckers don't like that shit. I was like, oh, 
So that night, I was working on this bit. And uh, it was it was a bit about uh, my grandmother would watch news and just take things from the news and think she knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Like when she heard HIV or AIDS, she didn't know where it came from. She just thought that I had it, no matter what it was. Yeah. And uh, and it was this bit where if I slept too long, boy, you sleeping that long? Anybody sleep that long? Got to have AIDS, whatever it was. Right. Right? I yeah. go up and I'm working on this bit, bro. People are fucking dying in the audience. Uh -huh. I've been up for about 20 minutes. And I stop and I say, oh, wait a minute. Did I sing anything tonight? They're like, no. I said, well, some people said that I wasn't funny if I didn't sing. I just wanted to, I just wanted to show that I could. And I come off stage and they were like, you, you're coming along. Right. And so you know how comedy is. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, you know. Sometimes you go shine too bright and motherfuckers might not eat. So... I sort of went through the fire with that. But I will tell you this. No one can tell you when or where you are a comedian because you could have been a comedian your whole life and just never been on that stage. Right. You're a, a veteran comic, as mm. you are. Been grinding all this time. I'm a rookie. And I just... You're, you're, I need, a, no. you're, a, you're a rookie in me. Because you're a veteran and you travel. Rookie in. And like everything, everything that you do, everything you've done in your life is your story. Everybody want to hear your story. You want to laugh and hear your story. Let's go on. Uh, what, would you, what would you say to me as this new, new comic? Just, you know, if, if you could, if you just, I just want you to hit me with some advice. Like that what, I would say, what I would say is... Like when we were working on the set, that inner voice is gone. Let it speak to you in every way. Like if you feel like you want to say something, go out the box, shock them. Then bring them into your world because can't nobody be in your world. And notice about a comedian telling you, you a rookie or you're that. They don't want you on that motherfucker to shine. We, we we some cutthroat motherfuckers. That's the one thing you got to know about comedians. It's always a saloon door that we walking through. And it's... <laughs> I'm ready to... You got to be ready with your motherfucking... You got to shoot, shoot between the eyes. Mm -hmm. Don't let them soften you. Because what the advice of the comedian is... Is to... Mm, eh, you get there. No, motherfucker, you there. Don't nobody tell you shit. You motherfucking Jeremy Piven. And when you walk on that stage, epitomize it. Do this. Get your video package. Let that bitch play for five, ten minutes. Y'all know who the fuck I am? Then you come out. Michael Jackson them fools. <laughs> Lean a little bit. Well, I mean, whoever you feel. <laughs> fuck it. Oh, okay. But, but so in other words, what I'm yeah. telling you is, yeah. now that you've been on stage for 250 shows, lean into that which we love you for and then come out and talk about it. Take us, take us through your stories. Let us see the world through your eyes and let us laugh. Yeah. That's, that's the best. I want to, every take that we were shooting on the movie, I wanted to hear your take on what the situation is. <clears throat> and every single take, it, 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 reminding me of Robin Williams. 
Mm. You had something different every single day. And you trusted me. You, yeah. I mean, you would come to me before we were about to roll and go, we're going to change yeah. the ending of the movie. Yeah. I want you just to talk about this and this and this yeah. and walk in with this painting yeah. and just freestyle. And, and I love the fact that you could trust me enough to do it. And listen, and Rick Young and everybody continues to say, as the, I, this is the best they've ever seen you. And because they knew that, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We were trying all this shit. They were like, this shit is fucking amazing. So, man, when you go up, when you go up on stage, nobody can fuck with you. Smoke your cigar, talk your shit, hold your, hold your, your <laughs> tiny Jewish penis and talk that shit. That's what it is. That's going to be the title of the movie. Tiny <laughs> Jewish penis. Now, let's reverse it for a yeah. second. What is, and you can say this to me and maybe even yourself, yeah. what is death for, for a comic? What's the shit that you have to stay death, away from? Death for a comic is even thinking about the shit that you have to stay away from. I got to run into it all. I, I got to be able to talk about every single nook and cranny of it. You, if, you're, if you're afraid to talk about issues or talk about things because people might be your friend, then, then you're, not, you're not being real. The worst thing a comic can do right now is not talk about what's going on. Like if you go up and just I'm just trying to be cookie cutter and I want to be I want to paint inside the lines like mm -hmm. like social media makes you do. Mm -hmm. Social media makes you paint inside the lines. That's why I'd be like I don't want to I don't want to give you I don't want to give you a fucking uh, uplifting message. You know they made me like the other day it was like you got to say something for Easter. Like, do it. And I'm just like I don't like I don't like that it ain't me I, I don't. I want to stay. I want to be able to say and do what I want to, what, what I want to do. I, I hate the person that's, you know. Today I woke up and I was feeling like you could be the one and I could be the one and we could all be the one to get fuck. You're just doing it. I think because you want to get the the likes. I don't want to care. I don't care about the likes. I don't. Here's here's my mantra. I don't care about the likes. I want the laughs. Mm -hmm. And if the laughs takes me into some treacherous water and 15 motherfuckers are laughing hard. And 30 motherfuckers is mad and fuck it. Them 15 motherfuckers is I, I did my thing. But I, I don't I, I don't want content. I want the art. It's fuck making content. Where's the art? So that's you, the thing. You're a perfectionist, and I because yeah. I've, wor I've worked toe-to-toe -to -toe with you and, I, and I've watched you in every different arena. And you are you mediocrity doesn't sit well with Can't. you. It doesn't. So this is a tough question, but no. what what is the, what what would you say is the difference between being good and being great? What's being great is is the people that when I was in that room with Eddie Murphy, when I went into my bag on them, while we was all sitting around, because everybody's trying to win, everybody's trying to win that night. Everybody's trying to be the funny motherfucker that night. First yeah. of all, I started with my political shit, and I was just dicing and dicing through like on some smart shit, like motherfuckers ain't even seeing the political shit the way I see it. And they were like, oh shit, this nigga's, nigga's some other shit. Everybody, then when I when I did Chappelle in front of Chappelle, damn, Jamie Foxx is doing me in front of me, it's crazy. <laughs> I was incensed, I was beside myself. <laughs> yeah. Eddie looked and said, shit, I said, yeah, I got it. I got, now I gotta go see if it, if it is. But I want these motherfuckers in here that when they see my content, they go, I couldn't, I wanted to do it differently. And at the same time, this is the toughest part. It's a gymnastics routine and it's hard, it's difficult. 
Because if you nail it, you get perfect tens. If you get it wrong, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Because I got some shit to sort of Stephen Wright-ish. I got this whole thing about perception. I got this thing. Uh, 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 I got everything in a hashtag just so I can know my Bible. So hashtag perception. Uh, hashtag passcode love. Hashtag let there be a nigga. Uh, hashtag I'm white. I can do what I want. All these different hashtags that I go through, I got to nail all of those all of those topics so the hood can get it and us sitting up in a $50 million house with Eddie Murphy laugh like it's the 80s again. So that's the that's the task. And that'll be a, that'll be a journey that'll be fucking you want to talk about hurtful? It's going to be some nights from it's going to be some nights where we're going to be like, "Oh man, what the fuck?" Cuz I I I've gone out first show everybody hype then you do that Thursday show. I think it's Thursday. I think it ain't the weekend. I think yeah. it ain't Wednesday. It ain't hump days. It's yeah. a weird. Yeah. Some people just in that motherfucker just get away from fucking life. And they ain't, yeah. they ain't funny. They ain't laughing. So if I can make them, if I can make the people on Thursday laugh like it's Saturday night, I'm going. Part two of my conversation with Jamie Foxx uh, is coming up next. And by the way, Jamie Foxx never met a microphone that he didn't like. Um, you have to literally pull the microphone away from Jamie. Uh, he's been known in clubs to say, it's Jamie motherfucking Foxx until a million o'clock. He's literally the last one in the club. Jamie, we gotta go, we gotta go. How You Live in Jay Piven is a cast original podcast in association with Common Enemy and Tenderfoot TV. Producer is Kyle Tequila. Executive producer for cast is John Spack. Executive producers for Tenderfoot TV are Donald Albright and Wayne Lindsay. Executive producers for Common Enemy are Jared Einson and Dave Osico. Catch all new episodes of How You Live in J. Bivin every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>